Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwyn, and the Insider Crew. Welcome everyone to episode 81. We are at the PCA National Office. Around the table, we have Manny Albin, Damon Lowney, and of course we have Robert Forsyth at the controls. And I'm feeling a little giddy today because by the time people listen to this, we'll be less than a week away from the big event. It will come out the Monday that we land in, well, you won't, but uh, the whole staff will be landing in San Jose. Yeah, Monday, right? For yeah. uh, for our trek down to uh, Laguna and setting up for Rensport. So hopefully if you're listening to this, you're on your drive to Rensport. Um, some people have posted pictures already. of Some uh, people are already on the road. Well, I mean, uh, of, of Laguna Seca. Where oh, yeah, um, yeah. They're uh, already building uh, and setting up. They had a driver's ed there this past weekend. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, um, David Bunch, our uh, corral guru, he um, posted some pictures of all the work they've done so far, and all the, they're going to be working like ten days straight. He said, setting everything up. Well, I wish all of you that are traveling west uh, to the event safe travels, and can't wait to see you there. I've, uh, like I said, I saw some people posting that they are already on their way because some of them live quite far. And one that really stood out was our buddy uh, Mark Probanic with his very God bless him. very special three five six. That is completely hardcore. And the thing is, he's not even making a beeline to run no. sport reunion he has taken like a back road see some friends uh it's it's good well, for I'm him like, i like rob mark knows how to fix his car not that rob <laughs> isn't a mechanic but uh mark knows how to fix it which is helpful on a 56 because yeah. oh you you have you know, to the, that's the, a prerequisite right yeah, the maintenance I mean, schedules are so much different than on the modern car yeah and uh and knowing knowing how to fix certain things that helps you uh but yeah he's hardcore he's this car doesn't have so his drum brakes, it's uh, patinaed uh, the heck. It's uh, yeah. looks awesome. Yeah, but it's not the first time he's done this. Either. No, no, we've seen this car on the West Coast many a time. So, uh, Mark, if you're uh, listening, safe travels to you and to everyone else, and enjoy that. Enjoy the trip out there too. Um, but like uh, we've said earlier, for those of you that can't make it, we are definitely going to capture as much as we can so that we can share it with you on the different mediums that uh, PCA hosts. But late breaking news. Late breaking news I want to share or maybe have Manny share uh, the news that we might have someone new at the helm of Porsche Cars North America. Yes. So uh, we talked about this a few uh, episodes ago that the rumor mill was Timo Resch was mm -hmm. going to be coming from BMW, uh, the motorcycle brand. Now, before you say what a motorcycle guy coming to run uh, Porsche Cars North America, uh, he was actually uh, been long. He's been with Porsche longer than he has been with BMW, and he's very familiar with Porsche and with PCA. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, one of our friends, Paul Greger, we were talking about it uh, offline, of, uh, taking guesses who it was going to be, and I mentioned Timo, and he was like, "Well, that's great." He goes, "You actually know him," and I said, "I do." Yeah, yeah. You and Vu, uh, you knew him back when he first started. Uh, he took the, took a new position on. And uh, so I'm glad to hear that he, yeah, you know, he's a Porsche. So person I believe and, his official title when he was last with PCNA was market or product planning, right, and research. Yeah, so we would have met him at some point uh, yeah. because of that. Yep, very cool. So you heard it here first. So let's talk about uh, what we did last week. We had some great uh, string of weather here in uh, in Maryland. So hopefully you all got to do some fun car stuff. Or did you just not at all? You just relaxed. I just relaxed. I've been. Um, it's been so busy that. Uh, well, you've been on. You went on that whirlwind trip, so you probably had a big honeymoon yeah, list the, when you came back. Yeah. No, I just I haven't wanted to work. I, I the Mazda three getting it ready after you know the the golf was totaled and the Porsche. You know, I did a bunch of work on it to you know a little over a year ago, mm -hmm. and the Camry. I think has a dead coil pack. I'm crossing my fingers. I just, I don't want to work on any cars right now. It's been a few, <laughs> it's been like some, a month. I just sometimes don't Sometimes you need to just take a break. Yeah, I totally get it. Especially when there's a full plate at work and, you know, yeah. and travel and stuff. Well, like I, have, so I, I, totally I have one working car out of three cars right now. So, right. Hey, like, some people don't have cars at all. Exactly. So, you know. so I'm not going to mess with anything. <laughs> yeah. Be grateful. What you Be grateful have. for exactly. what you have. Uh, Manny and I, we had a great show. We attended, uh, you go there almost every every weekend, and that's a Hunt Valley horsepower show. That's uh that yeah, was like five hundred, six hundred cars. This was the so one weekend a month 
uh, Will, the organizer, uh, he sets up a corner of the lot uh, for 40 cars. This time it was BMW. Mm. I would joke with him. I said every weekend this piece of Porsche club or Porsche um, parking, so we don't need special parking. We come every week. Um, but yeah, they had them all in the corner all the time. I, and I and didn't, you didn't know that. I didn't yeah. even know that. And I, I, I happened to bring. My... I should have asked you when you said you were coming. What car are you bringing? Because yeah. I assumed you were going to bring a Porsche. Not no, the, uh... I. You know, I hadn't driven my 1983 uh, 320 IS in a long, long time. So I figured I'd dust it off and put some miles under it. So I drove that, but I didn't park with the the BMW crew. Although I, I'm sure I would have been welcomed and. I would have had I known. But anyways, it was a great day. Saw some very cool cars. We saw some, what was that older car that we saw that was kind of neat? That big, it was like a boat, American boat. It was like a, was that a Pontiac or? Oh, the, um. And it had like, it was. 61. It wasn't Plymouth? the. Uh, no. It wasn't LeBaron. It was. I don't know. It would not fit in my garage. It was a, it was a 1959. <laughs> I think I remember. Was it, it was a 1959, like old American car. It had fins at, in, in, because by 59, I think the fins were dying, weren't they? Or, I thought it was a it was 60 very, something. It, very, it was very Art Deco. Like the headlights, instead of being recessed, it was like the buckets. You could see the buckets, but then the car's design was like around the back of the buckets of the headlight. It was really kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but you could tell, like, if you needed parts for that car, it would be so yeah, hard to luck. find. And when we're talking <laughs> to the owner, he's like, yeah, I have a second parts car. <laughs> that, that's how you have parts for a car like that. Yeah, this, yeah. Thing, this thing made my... Uh... My suburban looks small. Yeah. <laughs> so after that, I Here went. It is, it is. It is a Chrysler LeBaron. Oh, it is a Chrysler LeBaron. Yeah. Oh, okay. This was fifty nine uh, LeBaron. Uh, Very cool looking car. Yeah, it was. Uh, but man, because uh, the rear lights were almost the same. They, they were like detached. Yeah. It's very. Um, yeah. Very cool car. Can't be many of those. When I think around. of Chrysler LeBaron, I think of what? I think it's a nineteen eighties. Eighties LeBaron. What is it, the K car with the um, convertible? Convertible. It's all dinky front wheel drive. Yep. Yep. Um, let's see. So once I got back, I wanted to tend to, um, my, my Fox body. Cause I had this noise in the back. I think I talked about in a podcast before, and it was the bushings on the, um, the, the shock that actually deteriorated and just came apart. So I don't know if I think Robert has some photos, but anyways, um, I got some new, uh, Eibach pro dampers and, uh, I had a few minutes and Is that what you were sticking in your pocket when we did the tour. What's that? Is that what you're putting in your pocket when we did the tour of my shock? Oh, no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, but happy to rep them. So I had, uh, back in the day, saline had formula GP, uh, Monroe, Monroe, I think made them shocks and yeah, they were, did you drive that in the snow? I did. I, I used to drive, say, I used to drive my car in the snow. It's very salty. Yeah. So anyways, the new ones went on, but you know how you buy tools sometimes cause you think it's a great idea. But then you buy them and they just kind of sit in your toolbox for a long, long time. Well, I finally got to use one of the tools that I bought way back in the day. So you see how the top of the strut was double nutted, but I really didn't have room to get a wrench down at the bottom nut so that I can loosen up the top nut. So I got to finally use my crow's feet wrench set. Well, I've used those all a lot. Do you use what do I use? There's certain things. And I want to say with, uh, I know I used them, I believe, when I was doing work on the Porsche or the Camry going as deep as like the, yeah. they're, they come in really useful when you need I them. mean, this, it was the perfect, because I was yeah. looking, I was like, how am I, gonna, I was like, I didn't want to take the panel off and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, I have the crow's feet. It's a Mustang me metric or is he? Uh, metric. Well, yeah. all that stuff yeah. that I just wor was working on there was metric. Yeah. Actually, you know what I use the crow's feet for, I think? is tightening the top mounts of uh on the Porsche on the Owens. Uh -huh. So so depending on how they are, you can get a crow's foot piece down there. Yeah. But you can't get a normal wrench. Wrench and you obviously the crow's foot allows you to put the the Allen key on right. top to hold the the strut tube in place. That's pretty much what I use here so, to yeah. to get well, to that. Why are you wearing gloves that look like you're about to go welding? Um, those are just rubber gloves. I love, That's I like rubber it. gloves? So, yeah, those are rubber gloves. So if you're watching on YouTube, that previous picture, that was the top of the strut? Uh-huh. Top of the shock. Top of the... That, that, it's that a looks, rear shock. That's okay, a, I see. That's, that's a, a trim piece. Oh, yeah. That's I a trim piece. Like, like, it's buried <laughs> in a bunch of yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah, so that's an okay. access panel, and it's got, like, insulation. So and you, all you use it exactly how I used it. Yeah, so mm -hmm. it's perfect. Yeah. It was perfect. So it was nice to finally use a tool that I bought, I don't know how long ago. That's a tool that if you don't... 
know about and you don't know that you need it yeah. like how would you even know to look for it but yeah a crow's foot it's like a it's like a wrench but it's just the end of a wrench that right. you can put onto a ratchet so handy of, yeah when you like, need it exactly when you need it or if you need yeah. to torque something and need yeah. extra access yeah so anyways got that done and took it for a quick spin and lo and behold nice and quiet and smooth so i'm happy there and then i finally got to do a nice close look. I want to give a shout out to uh, Brian Rice and uh, Polish to Perfection. Uh, they had an opportunity to do a segment on uh, dry ice with Motor Trend, and he needed a donor car, and he called me and asked me if he could use my '87 uh, 911. And I honestly, you know, he gave it back to me, and I really hadn't had the time to take a close look at how how clean it became. And what's interesting is. You know, I think Manny has talked about this, like going into working on a car with dry ice, like it's almost like wh where's the end? You've got to you got to make a decision of where the end is, because cleaning something that's 40 years old, you know, you could spend the rest of your, your life cleaning it's like a power washer. You meant me yeah. mean to wash off your deck and the next thing you're <laughs> you're doing, you're siding yeah, exactly. because it makes the other things look bad. And pretty yeah. soon it's turned into a major problem. But it, it is. It is quite amazing. So there's the, the, do you know what you're looking at right there, Damon? Mm -hmm. So that is the uh, adjustable piece for the front suspension of torsion bar. The, of the torsion oh, bar. That's a torsion so that's bar. how you, that's, that's how, how you, you set, lower the, front set the ride height. That's how clean dry ice gets. Look at, but yet it's still, um, like it didn't take the, um, the, uh, what is it? The thread locker, mm -hmm. right? It took all the dirt and the grime, but it left the thread locker. Like, how cool is that? And like the decals. Yeah. The decals and they did they did this specifically to show it in Motor Trend, like the decals around the shock and the decals on the engine. It took all this road grime off, but when they sprayed it on the decal and stuff, it didn't mess up the decal. So dry ice is definitely really cool. Um, takes a ton of time, and uh, you know when when you remove the grime, what's below the grime is exposed, obviously. So keep in mind that if the metal is aged it'll still look like aged metal. It's not going to clean it off and all of a sudden the metal underneath. And it'll is, rust if you don't protect it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you don't protect it and, um, you know, there's there's more to it than just, I guess the analogy of you taking a pressure hose to, to, your, um, to your deck, let's say. Yes, it does clean off, but there's some things you need, to, some decisions you need to make when you get into it because yeah. you know like don't, don't, don't start the job like paying super close attention to one spot and then realize that oh man you got the I, did, I have to do the same amount like you almost have to just say just do are you going to do one one coat you know of yeah. dry ice or are you going to go through it twice right and then you just got to like right throw your hands up when you're done right so as i was doing that and looking at everything um for the past couple of years when it gets cold here in maryland and i have the car just kind of sitting on the rack like it it leaks oil um, and I know it's coming from one of my oil return tubes on the 911. So I just happened to, as I was looking underneath, I, I tried to kind of feel the rotation of my oil return tubes on the engine. And lo and behold, the one that's leaking a lot is one that you can actually, you know, fairly easily rotate. So I think that's going to be a winter job there to replace my oil return tubes up. All of them except for one actually are pretty snug, but the one that's loose is really loose. So, Manny, have you ever replaced oil return tubes? Oh, yeah. yeah. You, oh, the oil return? Yeah. Um, I probably. Yeah. I mean, me personally? Yeah. No. I, okay. I, I so, hate to make a mess in my garage. It's uh, So, you have, to, you have to crush the tube, crush the tube, and then they pop out. And then the new ones, they are... Um, are you like talking two, about the pushrod tube seals? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, and they're, yeah. They, they're like a two-piecer, and they expand mm -hmm. with a circlip. So I have everything, so I'll probably um, attempt it in, in the winter just to tighten things up because it does kind of make a mess in the winter when it gets cold and the seals collapse. So, All right, uh, let's see. Anything else about the weekend? Because I want to talk about Unstock. Can we do that? Works for well, me. I want to bring up one little thing I realized. Okay. Yeah. So this Saturday, of course, we're only going to Rensport on Monday. But uh, we, my wife and I signed up for the Chesapeake Challenge, which is, which is the Chesapeake region's oh, yeah. uh, um, used to be multi-day event. Now it's multi-event one day. So they do um, a concourse, a, uh, a time uh, not time speed distance, a gimmick rally, fun rally, and then they do a tech quiz. Mm. These have an autocross on the next day, but uh, they've kind of consolidated it. Anyways, back in '89, my wife and my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, 
Uh, we, <laughs> I was say, uh, his wife, wife and, and his girlfriend. girlfriend. Okay, well, like, wait a minute. Get that clear. Your wife slash I girlfriend. I, I have a hot little, blo- very... hot little blonde that we ended up marrying. Um, we, uh, she was twenty and I was twenty-three. Think uh-huh. about that. That's almost like the age of your daughter. Okay, that, yeah. like, really? You had to do that to me. But to put in perspective, yeah, that, yeah, think uh, about it. Uh, how long ago? You know. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so we uh, we saw this ad. In Excellence Magazine. Now, this is before, obviously, the internet. Yeah. And so everything was done through magazines or newspapers or in the mail, snail yeah. mail. And we um, saw this little ad in the back of Excellence that I was advertising this event in Maryland. Oh. Uh, Porsche Car Show, Concourse. So I told Roxanne, I'm like, let's go look at it because I wasn't a member of the club. I was 23, driving a lowly 924. And, my, and, and how long did you have the 924 then? Oh, I bought it when I was uh, 18. Oh wow! You, uh, five you, years. you were an owner that long before you became part of the club. Yeah, I was working at Macy's selling TVs, and uh, one of my customers came in, and he 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 had a shirt on or something that said Porsche. And I asked him if he had one. He had a 911 SC. So, anyways, uh-huh. we became friends, and he would drop off panoramas every once in a while. But still, I didn't join. But the still, club you didn't join because I thought you know the only thing all I saw in panorama were guys with turbos and 911s. I'm like, I'm a lowly 924. They won't even let me in. I'm the not club. worthy. I'm exactly. not worthy. <laughs> and everyone looked much older. But yeah. that did, it wasn't because they looked older didn't bother me. It was the fact that uh, this looked like more like a country club, not ah okay, not, okay. Not, uh, what I thought of. Yeah, group of enthusiasts. Right. So, anyways, we go to so really to look at cars, not to join a club, and uh, they are so welcoming. The region. And uh, I, I've told the story plenty of times when I used to give speeches as president that, uh, you know, 10 in the morning, they call over the membership charity, comes over with the Pat's Blue Ribbon in one ah. hand and a membership <laughs> app in the other and says, welcome to the club. And at that point, I realized this can't be up too, too stuffy if they're right, you know, right. drinking PBR at 10 in the morning <laughs> at, a, at a car show. So we joined. And from that point on, I think the next day I, I came back for the autocross and I helped out the volunteer picking up cones and stuff. And from that point, it was... Uh, you know, as they say, it's history. Yeah. Um, so it was 34 years ago, and we're going again. We always go to the challenge whenever we can. Um, but I think the bigger picture is, and for anyone listening that's a um, PCA member, or maybe not a PCA member, but a Porsche enthusiast, come out to the events. Mm-hmm. Um, what about, let's just say half of our members never come to an event. They just get the magazine. Yeah, more than that. Probably. Uh, yeah, probably more than that. Yeah. Um, I think the rule has always been 10%. And it meant you can expect no more than ten percent of your membership, which is usually fine because uh, that's capacity. usually the max yeah, capacity. Max capacity yeah. uh, but there's a lot of people who just join the club either for discounts, for the magazine, for whatever reason they have never come to an event, and so an opportunity for them to come to an event like Worth Reunion or Unstock mm-hmm. is great. And of course, locally there's events that you all everyone has that doesn't cost anything for these people to come watch and i, and Car I, will, I will for that. i will say that going to a local event is even more important than going to oh, a yeah, national yeah. event because that's where you're going to meet friends yep. like-minded people that are in your area that you're going to get to do fun stuff during the week during the weekend yes come to a national event don't get me wrong but i think it's more important for you to be active and see who pca members are locally because that's where it really oh, that's one done. of the reasons also nationally we don't charge uh, like Unstock, if you can walk, if you, or uh, Unstock's free, but uh, Works Reunion, if you can get a ride or you can walk into the golf course, yeah. which some people did uh, in Monterey, free. knock yourself out. No one's, no one's checking for anything. We're just charging for parking because that's what the golf course charges us yeah. to park. Um, even Parade, um, for the Concours, they never turn to anybody who just wants to come hang out and mm-hmm. watch. Uh, so, yeah, I would say uh, um, to, uh, to people who are just uh, – on the uh, fence about whether or not they want to participate in PCA, come on out to the organizers and to the leadership. I would say uh, do everything to be inclusive, not exclusive. Absolutely. That's one thing about PCA that we're different than Lustacult or even Rensport is that we're completely inclusive. We uh, And that's one of the reasons why we wanted to manage the corrals because we didn't want to have a thing where you had to reach a certain level. Mm-hmm. Uh, your car had to be such in such a um, shape to be able to – Park in a corral. It's basically first come, first serve. You buy the ticket. We're not going to judge you in your car. You yep. Just come and hang out. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So um, speaking of Chesapeake Challenge, I you know I have also been kind of eyeballing the weather forecast. So um, hopefully things work out for them. Yeah, we're using wipers. <laughs> <laughs> but I reminded somebody. I'm like, it rained last year. I remember. Uh, Still fun. Bob Gutier and I did it in the rain in my yeah. 964. And uh, 
Yeah, air conditioning worked, so it was the frosting and or the fogging rather, and we ended up winning the rally in the rain. Uh, you want to go through some run sport updates? So I, uh, of course, there's going to be autograph sessions twice a day at the PCA tent as well as the main paddock area. Um, and uh, once again, download that app because the app should have who's speaking. They certainly have right now what time. Um, and there's a lot going on, so much going on um, uh, throughout the day. Uh, but uh, autograph sessions, if you're a person who likes autographs or you may want to get your poster autographed, um, get there early um, to the autograph sessions because they're limited. They're only an hour. Mm. So at some point they're going to cut the line off because, you know, these guys, these legends have to be moving somewhere else to do their pretty high demand where they're, where they're needed. But one of the things I'm bringing is uh, – so Lego has a, uh, 963? a 963 that they put out, and my goal is to get uh, all the uh, the drivers, factory drivers, to sign it. Oh, that would be cool. I saw so, those. They were selling those at the duty-free shop uh, at the Paris airport. They also sell Crazy them at enough. the uh, Walmart shop in <laughs> 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 most any place in the USA. Yeah. yeah, very cool. Yeah, this is the – although the French version might have been much more cool than the American version. Yeah, it looked roughly it looked the same. same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it's pretty cool. It's um, like the perfect size to carry with you. Yeah, size and of like get, a Kleenex uh, box. You know, Dane Cameron, Nick Tandy. It doesn't have a number on it, so it can be any of the um, nine. So I would recommend a silver Sharpie yes, for, a for silver that box. Sharpie. Yeah. And, uh, and how much does that retail for? I think I saw it for $20 at Walmart. There you go. Yeah, it's not uh, not bad. Easy not to much. carry, lightweight. Yeah, last time, I think Rensport 2 uh, Mini Champs had just come out with a Lamas set, Porsche Lamas set that um, had eight cars inside of it. Mm. And so I got them to sign the outside of the box, this mm. box set. Yeah. And I still have it on display, and I was looking at it, and unfortunately half the people that signed it are no longer with us. Oh. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, this. It really, it really yeah. bites because I was looking through my collection to see what can I bring with me to get some of these guys to sign. Yeah. And like when we were talking about Willie Coston's going to be there, he oh. drove the famous Pink Pig 917. Yeah, I'm definitely bringing it up. Um, but like Bill Colford... He left us, so I know. there's a couple 19, uh, 118-scale cars. I would have loved to hit for him to sign again. Yeah. It's, uh, so anyways, uh, look at the schedule. I remember Friday is the screening of um, Transformers, and I believe they're going to have a panel beforehand yeah. talking about the uh, making of the movie. Saturday is the uh, free concert. We can't say who it is, although I would imagine by the time you get to the track, the rumor has to get out. Yeah. It's a pretty big 70s, 80s band. Um I kind of feel bad uh, telling people to come to this because I want to have front row. <laughs> <laughs> just go, just go, and we'll sh- we'll share space. Yeah, somehow. I've told my 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 cars and coffee friends they're all really pumped to uh, to see this band. To them, it's like the uh, bonus of the whole uh, event that they weren't expecting mm-hmm. to, be able to see. Not Taylor Swift, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Not Taylor Swift. Oh, so. Boggs will be bummed. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, look at the schedule. Um, if you're going for more than one day. Um, just walk around, when, spend a couple hours just walking around and getting your bearings where everything's at, especially if it's the first time you're at Laguna. Um, get a ride up to the top of the corkscrew with uh, Porsche has their own cars. They're doing uh, shuttles, uh, you know, three people, four people in a car, be uh, a Cayenne or a Panamera or a Taycan. And at the top this year, they have a beer garden. Nice. So you can get your fluids replenished There you go. Uh, before you walk back down or take a ride back down. Cool. All right, well, last week we opened up registration for Unstock uh, 2023, which we will be uh, – is it Vista, California, just outside of San Diego? I think it's Vista. I just know it is HRE Wheels headquarters. H- HRE. North, North County, San Diego. Yeah. yeah. North so County. we'll be with HRE uh, Wheels. It's very and- close to Ilko's house. Yes. <laughs> is it yeah. Vista or San Marcos? Now I'm forgetting for some reason. Vista. I think, it says Vista. I think he lives Vista. in San Marcos or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's Vista. I'm pretty sure it's Vista. They're close to each other. So we're looking forward to, to uh, hosting that event. Um, so what I thought we would do today is to talk about – because Unstock is all about modified Porsches. Let's talk about your best Porsche mod and your worst Porsche mod. <laughs> so let's go. Let's go with worst first. So what's <laughs> the worst mod you've done on your Porsche that you regretted? I'll let Damon go first. So it wasn't really a single mod. It was just a whole um, idea and not thinking through the how I would execute it. But um, so I bought a 944 S2 in 2007, 
early 2007. So I had a Volkswagen Corrado, sold that, bought a 944 S2. The S2 had already had the coilovers up front, the yellows, and it had 28 millimeter torsion bars in the rear and the rear seats, you know, had been deleted, but everything else was basically the same, you know, some, some holes for, um, a harness bar for belts and all that stuff. Um, but otherwise just suspension and, um, the previous owner had swapped in a OE limited slip differential. So oh. sounds like a really good oh, car. Right? Sounds like a good car. Really great car. So I decided to take it a step further thinking that, my first idea was, man, I hate these linen interiors. I'm going to make it black. So okay. I took out all the carpeting, you know, and everything and um, uh, started trying to put in and buying, you know, black interior pieces. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at that point, I had never realized that the interiors of a early and late 944 were different. So, mm-hmm. you know, I bought a bunch of stuff that didn't fit. Oh, no. And then I realized, oh, boy, this is going to be expensive if I want to do it right. So Uh I switched and said, I want to make this into a street legal track car, like visually as well. So I started, I left all the carpeting off because it just wouldn't stick right. And I didn't have the right door cards and I didn't have a lot of money. So I started scraping off all the joint sealer on the bottom, you know, and then I was going to spray paint it, you know, a nice um, white or gray, you know, and at some point roll cage or roll bar would be in there. It would be all nice. And, um, of course, you know, just out of college and I was working for excellence at the time. So, um, you know, intern and then early employee and uh, I just, yeah, not enough money to really do, do that right. So, um, I ended up just taking the interior out, getting halfway done, scraping off the joint sealer and the car sat for a while. Mm. Um, and then, you know, all sorts of stupid things happen because of that. And, uh, in the end, you know, I bought the car for eight grand in 2007, put in 3,500 for belts, water pump, you know, front engine resale and all that drove it a lot. And it still mechanically was great. But then my modification was to make it lighter and do all this. I just never, I didn't think it through and uh, I couldn't sell the car for almost anything. So wow. I, I asked for, yeah, yeah, surprise, surprise. So I asked $4,000 on Craigslist. I got some creepy, weird people, <laughs> somebody who impersonated <laughs> me calling a local salvage because I told him, you're not going to pay me, you know, 1500 bucks. Like I already know the salvage yard will pay me $1,500. So oh, I'm just going to take it there. He called in, said, Hey, my name's Damon. I have a 944 S2. How much would you give me for it? And then he started emailing me and cussing me out wow, for taking wow. it. So I just, yeah, 1500 bucks, $8,000 car, maintenance when I first got it, more maintenance because, you know, 25, 30,000 miles, five yeah. or six years later. Um, but I ended up, I could only sell it for 1500 bucks to a salvage yard before moving out here to PCA. Wow. So I had to make a decision, you know, keep that car or keep the wagon, which is what yeah. I ended up driving over. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. My worst modification was um, trying to strip it down into a lightweight street legal track car and not really having a plan for it. Right. And then, any and, then, and, then, and then trying to sell it. And then trying to sell it. It was a very limited um, market. When I was forced to. So yeah. really bad. All right. Somebody enjoyed it. The, 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 the person who bought it from a salvage yard whole was a friend of a childhood friend in their family. He turned it into the track car I always wanted to. Coilovers in the rear. Um, he's took out all the joint sealer, um, sprayed it down with some nice paint, put a so cage in it. it. Yeah. Monoball suspension, Delrin bushings. So it survives and lives it. today. Yep. It lives oh. today. He sold it to somebody else who's racing it, I believe. Oh, so. All right. Well, that's uh long story. <laughs> Not really a modification, a failed attempt. At yeah. Oh, that's, that's a good uh, modifying tidbit to share with others so that they don't go down that yeah. same road. Have a plan and know that you're not yeah. going to get your money back. I think I have an idea of what Manny's story might be, but we'll go ahead. You, you start. Oh, I guess it would surprise me because I, uh, let's see, the, the um, worst modification is uh, probably arrow. And I see other people do this and. Oh, arrow on your race car? Yeah. yeah. I, I see, or really your street car. It, it, I chuckle when I hear people say, oh, yeah, I can feel it. Definitely. Uh, it's got more downforce on the on-ramp. <laughs> <laughs> and I chuckle to myself. And I chuckle to myself because uh, so I, I had a 964 I raced. And when I moved up a class for bigger brakes and wider wheels, um, I could also put a wing. 
mm. but you had to have like a factory wing. You couldn't put a big wing like the oh, GT factory cars. style wing. Factory style. So yeah. you could put a 3.8 RS wing, uh, which is the, the oh, blade yeah. is pretty low. It's yeah. not the, the key is to have the blade almost the height of the, uh, the, of the roof to mm-hmm. be effective. Clean air. Yeah. And, um, and, and Mike Levitas had told me that he said, you're not going to feel much difference. Looks cool, but yeah. you're not going to feel. And sure enough, um, I didn't. And it was very <laughs> evident in the lap times. You know, yeah. There was nothing, uh, and I put a front splitter on. It was a huge front splitter. A factory never made it, but just looking at it, you're thinking, this has got to give me a lot of front end grip. Yeah. Um, during the Sebring club race, I, it fell off. That somehow it fell <laughs> off. And me and my line is so consistent, evidently, that the next lap, I ran it over. <laughs> <laughs> now this hilarious. is turn 17 and you didn't those, even notice when those it fell people off? are familiar with turn 17 you could probably put like 14 cars of rest yeah. to go for turn 17 at least the en- entrance of 17 and i remember getting on the radio uh to whoever was helping me out uh being crew chief saying uh man people are losing body parts i just ran over something <laughs> and uh i come to the paddock and i realize my front splitter's missing but i so i looked at my lap times to see i wonder if i lost time yeah exact same exact, lap no times. difference no and a friend of mine lost his later on at VIR, mm-hmm. and I told him, I said, Charles, look at your lap time. I'm just curious to see what your – he was yeah. like, my laptop it didn't change one bit after I lost a splitter. And I'm like – he's like, I'm not putting it back on. Yeah. So arrow is a tricky thing. And God bless if you feel it and you think you feel it because – It makes you drive better because you feel hey, it? You uh, think you feel whatever, it? Whatever, but um, yeah. yeah, arrow was, was never a, a um, satisfying a modification. So I'll also say something here. <laughs> um, so GT3 RS, the new one, 992, has some pretty crazy aero. Mm-hmm. Um, you see journalists drive it, you know, and they're having a lot of fun. And, you know, they're obviously in some way pushing mechanical grip when they're doing all the sliding and all that. Go and watch Jorg Bergmeister driving at Silverstone in that car. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no way 99% of the people who do aero mods even have the guts to drive a car fast enough to feel what's going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> or, or the skill. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, yeah. the, uh, the best mod without a doubt and the most bang for your buck, um, short of taking a driving school is tires. Tires. Tires yeah. made yeah. the, Biggest difference, uh, when I went to our compound tires for autocross, I, I, I picked up like two and a half seconds. Oh, yeah. I felt mm-hmm. like, I felt like Superman. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. could do anything with these tires. Um, and so then after that, every other modification becomes tenths of a second. Mm-hmm. And with the amount of money you spend in it, and, but it all adds up in club racing. You know, I didn't do it all at once. I did it gradually with the suspension, different parts. Um, I remember putting on my front strut brakes because everyone was putting front strut braces and it looked cool. Later on, I, I came to understand that on the 964, you wanted that front end as soft as possible. So the last thing you want to do is put a strut brace to make it even more stiff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't really understand back in the beginning what understeer and oversteer were. So right. I was actually making my life worse by putting a front strut brace. So people would look in the car like, you don't use a front strut brace? And I would be like, no, nope. I, want, I want that front. <laughs> I said, my sway bar is at the softest setting in the front. It's uh, The car does not uh, need more understeer. Wow. So my uh, my my mod has to do with a little bit of my background with uh, my 5-liter Mustang. So as you know, um, some some cars are built with inefficiency inefficiencies built in, and a 5-liter Mustang from the 90s era is certainly one of them. Uh, so... You know, one of the first things that people do when they buy a Fox body Mustang is just lop off the headers and get exhaust. And you really do unleash a significant amount of horsepower. So when I went to uh, my 87 911, I was so excited, but it had stock exhaust and it was rather quiet. And I said, well, what's better than stock exhaust? How about just bypassing it all and just doing a muffler bypass pipe? And uh, one, it saves, what, 40 pounds because it's a 10-inch piece of pipe versus the whole muffler in the back. Yeah, uh, it, You can get a bigger diameter and, yeah, it'll be cool. So, you know, literally took not even an hour to take the old one off and bolt this muffler bypass on. Goodness gracious. <laughs> I never thought a six-cylinder motor could sound so obnoxiously loud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh yeah, I'm pretty sure my neighbors didn't like it either. It lasted, I think, maybe a week. And I was like, this is no better. In fact, the car felt slower. Oh, yeah. Um, because maybe it didn't have enough back pressure or whatever it was. But, yeah, um, yeah it 
that was the worst mod. I, I always find seen. it funny when people, and not all, but usually, you know, the American muscle car crowd, every once in a while, a you'll hear one that's just like an idle pulling away from a stoplight and, you know, it gives it a few revs, you know, to, you know, let the clutch out. And it just has, it's not even a tone or a pitch. It's just like sharp noises going through the air and like hurting your ears. Some of the late model muscle cars just don't sound good when they're yeah, uncorked. They're just loud. They're just loud. They're just loud. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we're getting old. Maybe that's yeah, what probably it is. Yeah, to them, it sounds amazing. Oh, I think it's definitely age. Yeah. I mean, really, age is part of it for sure. When I was young, I thought anything loud yeah. uh, sounded good. And now I drive a 964 that still has both mufflers on it. Oh. <laughs> you know, usually you take one yeah. muffler out at least. Yeah. And, nope. I'm like, screw it. I just. Yeah. Now, my best mod, I feel, and I'll agree with you, Manny, uh, out of all the stuff that we're talking about, modify things. As you wish, it's your car, and I, I modify everything I have just because I like to tailor it to my personality. But the best thing any of us can do, and if you do this, you can enjoy it in any car that you drive, is spend more time driving, learning how to drive. Go to a driver's ed, go to an autocross, go to a driving school. And honestly, I, I really do enjoy driving any car. It could be... A minivan to whatever, but sometimes when you come to the on ramp and if you know how the car should, you know, you should set, you should know what oversteer and understeer is, you know what you're looking for in terms of traction or when to apply gas, throttle, and or brakes, like that just makes the driving experience much better. So, so you're gonna go with driver mod? No, no, no. So okay. th that, that's 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 how that, predictable. That, that's predictable. <laughs> that's overall. But for me, I love having fixed backed seats. Like I, mm -hmm. I, I fell into a set of um, Sparco Evo 2s. They just fit me well. It's like, even if the car's stock, like my 996 is pretty stock, <laughs> Chesapeake mm -hmm. stock. But because I have those seats in it, it feels like I'm in a fitted suit and just not having to fight flopping around mm -hmm. when you're driving at speed. Um, and also you're saving a lot of weight too. Like a, oh, yeah. a fixed back seat weighs probably not even a third of a factory mm -hmm. motored and whatever seat. Um, 30 so, pounds versus like 60 or 70. Yeah, they look cool. They feel yep. great. Um, yeah. If so. you fit them right, you know, like I'm, I drove my car, you know, um, here to California and back in fixed back fiberglass buckets. And they're really comfortable if as they long fit, as if they, they fit, fit. If they fit you, once you're in. Yeah. You can drive across country, not and, a problem. And they're good seats. Good, seats. good seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe bring like before a long road trip. Make sure you know, like my my Momo Super Cups and the XLs are great, except the very bottom padding, it's like thin. where your butt is, is really thin. So yeah. maybe bring a pillow or something. Yeah, yeah. Throw my Recaro <laughs> SBGs, which now are the same as pole positions. Yeah, all the way from the East Coast to Denver. And I thought, boy, every two hours I'm going to have to be stretching and taking some pain pills. Yeah. Nothing. It was when they fit you. They, they support fit you. you. They support right? And I hit. I'm thinking, well, if they use these same seats in the Porsche that are doing 24 hours, mm -hmm. they've got to be somewhat comfortable. And it, it was, uh, it was to me that said, this is why you spent the extra money to get good yeah, seats. Absolutely. They, they didn't give you any pain at all. Now the caveat is getting in and out of them. <laughs> getting yeah. in and out of them. Now they back then I was time. much younger, so it wasn't. I was more flexible. There's there's definitely a method to get yeah. in and out of them comfortably. Left hand on the, the door sit. sill, yep. and that's what you lift yourself with. Exactly. Yep. That's what I do. But yeah, once you're in, they're comfortable. So hopefully you enjoyed that um, best and worst mods. If you have a best yeah. and worst, well, we mod. haven't talked about oh. our best mod. Oh, have... he did. What's your what's your best mod? Um, Olin's Road and Track coilovers uh, and suspension system. I'm, I'm gonna have to. Agree. I'll say that, suspension system. That was in the best mod I well, think I was you've done. Say, in your plus, car. you yeah. had Olin's helping you do it. No, I did it myself. I thought they installed it. They no, put I installed it. On the shaker. It. Didn't they put it on the shaker? They put it on the shaker, but yeah. I installed it. Yeah, he installed it. The part is the. They helped you dial it in and everything, though. Sort of. So the shaker basically told us that the car might benefit actually with a. It's not a bad thing. I'm very jealous. I would yeah, love to have mine. No, no, no. <laughs> but I put it on there. But they they put it on the shaker, and that was just to see what is it like, you know, stock suspension versus soft Olins, mid Olins, and stiff uh, Olins. Yeah. And we figured out, you know, that there are certain settings that seem to work better with the car. So because simply putting a coilover suspension system, I saw this on Reddit. Mm -hmm. and I think it was a BMW because yeah. um, I belong to a BMW Z3, and. uh Somebody was saying, I'm, I'm, why? I see everybody putting coilover. Should I put it on my car? And some very good responses. It was, 
what are you trying to fix? Yeah. This could be the worst thing you do to your car if you're not used to uh, what what to expect. And I'd agree 100%. I mean, people could make their rides just terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why we had Mike Levitas and TPC set it up. Yeah. Because I'm like, this guy knows 964s. And uh, and lower but, is not necessarily better. No. Yeah. No. Looks good. Looks good. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But, For the stance I, crowd. When I lowered it by hand, I lowered it way too You uh, had it in the weeds. Yeah. So luckily, yeah. Mike uh, corrected it and saw it as a great look. But it, the ride is just incredible in that car. Yeah. So the whole project, your Olin's project on your Cayman, I mean, I've always been, you know, cognizant of how it's a system and, like Manny said, what mm-hmm. are you trying to do with a car? But Olin's really like mm-hmm. showed me, like if you have the right tools to mm-hmm. um, put it all together and match everything up, not only the system but mm-hmm. then also to your car. Because after they did that, driving your car, and I've driven a lot of GT cars. Mm-hmm. And your car not only handles like a GT car, mm-hmm. but it's also still very, very compliant, yeah. which is weird because you think a car that has to handle well has to ride like a race car and has to ride like crap on mm-hmm. the street. But yours rides very yeah. nice. It's not super soft, but it rides yeah. nice. Remember I drove your 996 to uh, the shop near me? Yeah. And you said, what did you think about it? And I said, this thing is wandering all over the highway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was the scariest uh, 45 minutes I uh, would hold the signal wheel and I was fighting it. Why were you uh, driving it again? I forget. Because you were going to get, because you had something with the suspension you didn't like and uh, you were going to get aligned or something. Yeah. But it, it wandered all over. And that's the kind of thing where if you don't know what oh, you're doing for setup. Okay. I do. I do. Because when I bought the car, it had a different brand suspension on it. And then I eventually uh, put on, um, what I put I put on Ibox Springs and Bilstein B6 shocks or something like that, and it needed to be realigned. So, but mm. before that, it, the suspension that was on it, I think it was stock shocks with some aftermarket springs, and it was really mm-hmm. wallowy. And Manny was right, like if there was like a little dip in the road or something like that, it would just. I want, think you got used to it, but you yeah, know, you it, just, it, it uh, just wanted to send you into yeah. like the exit. I mean, it was yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, not a good idea to do spr- lowering springs in those shocks. I mean, there are some springs if they're if you're lowering less than 20 millimeters, I think yeah. I've heard you can use stock shocks. And that's the thing is if you're going to get into doing shocks or changing your suspension anchor, consider doing the whole thing and how yeah. much that's going to cost to do it right and not just piecemeal it because you'll just make it a worse ride. You'll make it lower yeah. or, It'll or look better, but buy all the stuff. But if you do it yourself, like I started, I did Anna roll bars first mm. and then. Then I did the suspension, and then I did the square tire setup. So that's like better because at some point, if it goes south, you know what caused what it went to go wrong. south. Yeah. Right, right. You do it all at once. You're like, what? What did I do wrong? Yeah, yeah. it's hard to trace back. So before we move off of this subject, um, obviously, I need to gather parts for um, fixing the Cayman's AC compressor. I have the compressor, but the wire in there stuff. So I emailed. Um, Charles Navarro, since he, uh, Ellen Engineering, sells um, the IPD plenums. Mm-hmm. So my current plenum is 74 millimeter. I could also go with the 74 millimeter IPD plenum. Mm-hmm. Or you could go with 82 millimeter IPD plenum, get an 82 millimeter GT3 throttle body. Ooh. The power would be made up top, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be a ton, but maybe, you know, like if I'm lucky, 20 from what it seems like, which is a lot. That's but a all lot. up top. Not really worth it to go the 82, except what if I get an E85 tune in a few years where I can switch back and forth? And there is where the 82, and that's straight up horsepower. Where do you get E85? Royal Farms. They have E85 here? Yeah. It's 88. It's called the 88 one. You ever seen the Octane? Oh. And it says 88 on it? Yeah. That's That's E85. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So... That obviously is not something you might want to run um, all the time, and it's less power dense than gasoline, but it, it it's cooler. You can fit more in. So know? why 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 wouldn't you want to run it all the time if you could? Have it uh, all the time? It's corn fuel. It's bad for bore scoring. It's bad for like it's it's the sort of stuff where you don't want it. <laughs> it sounds like bacon. <laughs> well, no, 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 it's you, good for you. It tastes good, but it's uh, you, you don't want it in your fuel system all the time if you want your fuel fuel system to last. And there are probably oh, really? some modifications yeah. I would need to do uh, to make just it like bacon worthy. Yeah. Oh. But I'm thinking I start now. It can't hurt having the the top end power from an 82 millimeter throttle body. And if I ever did want to get Go E85, have a tune. Man, you know, I would be interested to, to do a run on, on Mike's um, 
the yeah. dino, QPC, the dino, dino before and then mm-hmm. after and see really what um, I mean that's actually you're, 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 you know who you're asking right yeah. <laughs> while you're in there if you're gonna have to replace it yeah. anyway why not replace why it why not just do what's it what's the downsides of but replacing? if it's real will if it's real real world horsepower, horsepower yeah. mm-hmm. and it's a lot to be the only downside is I might lose a little mid-range, mid-range in my current setup yeah, it'll be top end power if I go big, big, bigger throttle body. Well, it depends. Uh, that that's kind of critical for you because low range and mid range punch is kind of important to you in autocrossing. He's encouraging yeah. you because you might have a chance to beat yeah. you now. If you run corn. Fuel. I think you should go to a sixty millimeter throttle oh, yeah. Yeah, restrictor plate. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I've been thinking about that. Yeah, uh, would be interested to hear what. No, but I would. I would go for the big one. Yeah, yeah might as well, right? Like a little more horsepower, While maybe a little there. less torque, but yeah. But more more importantly, ask Mike. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, true, true. I'll go ask him as well. Ask yeah, Charles, and, and Charles, I Charles. wouldn't do it because yeah. it's top end power. But I'm yeah. like, true, yeah. We'll see, but yeah, yeah. 85 down the line. That would yeah. help. I don't know. We'll see. Remember that uh, that that mod they used to sell on, t- on TV, the improved power and gas mileage. I think was it called the tornado? The tornado, yeah. The little uh, the it, venturi thing that you put in yes. here for your intake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why are you thinking about that? When when you sent the uh, text message about the uh, worst car mod, I, oh. I wonder how many people bought those thinking and thought uh, <laughs> that it's going to do something. And then when they realized they were still going to the gas station as often, that maybe it wasn't. Uh... <laughs> All right, so maybe this is a great time to throw up our newsletters. If you haven't uh, joined uh, eBreak News or Mark Fresh News or Performance News, head over to PCA.org. And sign up for these newsletters. You know, great information direct to your inbox. Of course, it's free. Um, but of course, we'd love it if uh, you became a member. If you're not, and of course, if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it on a platform where you can like, comment, and subscribe, we'd certainly appreciate it. We're getting super, super close to eighty thousand subscribers on YouTube. And next stop, the one hundred thousand mark. So yeah. thank you, yeah, everyone, for your support. Before we. Uh... Holy transition from the mod. I would love to hear in comments people's best and worst mods. Yes. Because uh, we asked for questions, and we got some uh, good questions for um, the interviews yep. at uh, at Rensports. Uh, I would love to hear people's. <laughs> you got to be honest. You got to be honest. We love you for the things you do well and the things you do not so well. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the videos uh, recently dropped. Uh, crazy Porsches in the Audrain collection. Yeah, so um, the Audrain Museum in Newport, Rhode Island, um, has a lot of Porsches as part of their collection. Um, I don't even, I actually didn't count uh, how many we have in this video, probably 10, 12, maybe. More than that, and it's always changing. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but they're more than that. In this video, we only highlighted the more significant ones. And I mean, when I say significant, I know Donald walks right next to a 997.2 GT3 RS <laughs> and then focuses on another Porsche yeah. and totally bypasses it. So, um, but that's just sort of, you know, the level of cars that they have at the Audrain. And uh, so if you want a cool um, look into all types of Porsches um, from over the years and a quick rundown of them and what you might be able to see if you ever visited the Audrain Museum, um, this is a great video. Um, you know, we did this because collections and sort of walk-arounds that in- incorporate a lot of different Porsches that have different styles and mods or paint, color, um, it seemed to do well on our channel. So we hope you enjoyed this one. Um, give it a like if you like it. Subscribe to our channel. Yeah, Donald's a great host. He is yep. a walking, walking encyclopedia of not only Porsche knowledge, but as you can imagine, the Audrain collection has many marks uh, in that collection, mm-hmm. and he knows the details of all of them. I don't know yeah. how he can contain all that information in this. And I think this would be a great opportunity for those of you that are on the East Coast and not able to make it to Rensport uh, next week. Uh, next week is also the Audrain Motor Week. So, oh, is it? Yeah. Wow. So for those of you that are on the East Coast and <clears throat> can't join us at Rensport, you know, head up to Audrain. You'll definitely see some Porsches, some of our members that aren't able to. Head West will certainly be there. and We did not plan that, actually. This video, it literally, we filmed, it took a while to film because not all the cars are there at the same time. Yeah. So to get B-roll, um, you know, it, it, it took a while. But we released this video late last week, and I had no clue that the Audrain Motor yeah, was coming absolutely. up. Yeah, absolutely. Because normally, timing. normally we, would, we would be up there with the Northeast region. Mm-hmm. The Northeast region has a, yeah. a wonderful concours. Uh, last year, I went, and unfortunately, it was really rainy, but... Uh, 
uh, Rhode Island, I mean, man, mm-hmm. the sights and the bluffs and being near the water, it is just yeah. beautiful up there. The smell of money. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> the smell of money in yeah. the air. Uh, the next one is a um, video that we recorded during Parade. Was it Parade or was it Tech uh, Tactics? Uh, parade. Parade. Okay. Yep. yep. Background, it was a uh, behind-the-scenes look. They have um, uh, two people from Porsche, uh, one of which was a project manager uh, for um, the uh, um, 73 RS tribute package that was available for the uh, new GT3 RS, and it's uh, very interesting. It's um, it uh, covers a lot of things, everything from uh, the uh, what what it took to design the side uh, pod logo that has the American flag, which is the first time they've done that. Uh, it was uh, interesting, <clears throat> interesting because yeah. they had the flag. Um, they didn't realize that the flag changes direction when whatever is going to be put on is in movement. Mm-hmm. And so Michael Tam had explained to him the American flag code. And so it wasn't simply as turning around the flag. They had to redesign the R, yeah. everything, uh, because they had to switch the flag around. So uh, it was like little to no time because they did this whole project so fast. And you get to see how much it changed from the prototype that we saw at Monterey to the actual production vehicle. Uh, it's, um, yeah, you geek out on little Porsche details and as they say, little Easter eggs they put in it, this is a great video to watch. So they're obviously l- very limited numbers and I believe these are all sold out, right? The heritage ones? I would imagine yeah. so, yeah. So the question is, cause I've seen this online where people <clears throat> are lucky enough to actually own a GT3 RS, quote unquote standard version. Um, do you think they could kind of make something that looks similar to it? Sure, why not? You mean Porsche exclusive? No, no, no. Just like an individual. Let's say, let's say you you have a GT3 RS, but you weren't able oh, to sure. get the Heritage Edition. General yeah. look would be pretty yeah. easy, I think. Like you could you yeah. could wrap the mirrors, you could get the decals, you could paint your wheels. Mm-hmm. You could kind of come close to it. Yeah. The question is, um, when people ask you, "Oh, this is one of those then rare," you, would then you get tired of that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's a tribute. That's I what. think. Um, there's so many options to individualize your car. I don't know. I never thought of it. Somebody copying the. Uh, Someone was asking that. They said, "I really want one." But if I can't Porsche get hadn't done the tribute package, that wouldn't be an issue because you wouldn't be copying them, right? Right. But hey, I mean, if you really wanted one and you knew you're never yeah. going to get an allocation, you just you, have to run the risk of people thinking you own yeah. something you don't. I used yeah. to feel bad when I because I ran the RS uh, 3.8 RS wing on my race car. Yeah. And the end plates have 3.8 uh, embossed in them. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I feel like wish a poser. I, could I get a 3.6 because I don't have a 3.8 <laughs> like in a my car. Yeah. yeah. That's like my 996. Like, it's not a GT3, but I have a GT3 body kit on it. So uh, I, they sold it as an aero kit. I know. Yeah, right. I right. Say, yeah. so, but I don't, I don't want to do anything else to try to hint that it might be a GT3. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to do the color like schemes of a GT3. E36 325IS with M3 on the back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't want to. people that take 996 turbos and make them look like GT2s. Uh, it's yeah. frustrating to me because I'm thinking, oh my God, a GT2, it's yeah. really rare. Yeah. And then you look at certain things, you're like, wait a minute, this is a 906 turbo with a GT2 bumper and yeah. rear wing. No, I don't like that. I don't like that. It's got to be. Usually legit. the sunroof is a giveaway. Yeah. All right, let's get into some Porsche news. The first one up, um, this is where the Boxster and Taycan kind of cross paths because we're looking at. Uh, spy shots of the interior of the new Boxster EV. Yeah, so this is the car I think we're all excited about is the um, when they finally come out with the production version of the Boxster Cayman uh, EV. And it, it looks like it's going to look very much like internal combustion. I mean, that's the future of Porsche, the all-digital dash. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's good to see they're not – sometimes electric cars, they want to make – seem to me like they want to look too electric than they should – and this looks right in keeping with Porsche's. Uh, so I have a look. counterpoint. We can't tell with these fabric cloths uh, covering part part of the, particularly the um, um, the driver instrument panel. You can't uh-huh. see the top of it. You can't see. It looks like it's curved a little bit, like in the Taycan. Yeah, I think it's curved. And it's, I don't. I can't tell if it's not only is the screen curved, but the top profile I think, of it. I think the top will be like an RS60, where you don't have the hood on top. I think it will just be a curved panel. So here, here's what I don't want to see, and you can't quite tell. You know what the new Mustang panels look like? It's literally two rectangular panels, and it just looks <laughs> yeah, like yeah, you yeah. could have pulled it from a parts bin. I don't think I don't think it'll be like that. That's I think it I'm will still look tailored, happen. but yeah. I don't think it will have a hood across the top. I could be obviously. I yeah. could totally those be black 
like uh, cloth curtain things, they keep those on the car, even inside Wysock. Remember when yeah. we were there and uh, satellite images? They had a 992, and I'm like, hold on a second. I made him stop the car, and I got out. Yeah. I said, I want to peer inside because at the time that was a big thing. Was what the, what's the 992 going to look like interior wise? You know what's the one? And they had it all covered up. I'm like, inside a Wysock to keep this covered up. The the one thing that is sad uh, to note is the twisting of the left key will no longer exist in these cars. It'll all be hopefully a button on the left, but no more twisting of a key. Mm. That's kind of sad. We'll have our vintage cars that we can. uh, But counter to that, I was thinking the other day as I forget, I was driving somewhere and um, I forgot what, it was a lucid wagon or something like that came by. No, it just came by so quick and so quiet. I'm like, that's kind of cool. I was thinking, well, it, and it looked kind of big and hefty or whatever. I'm like, when, and, and then later this news came out. I said, I wonder what the driving experience is going to be like where you have the power and the smoothness and the quietness of an EV, but you have a drop top, Boxster, you have handling. Like, imagine like diving into the corner of an exit ramp now and it's just silent but you still have all that speed like that's gonna be really different than you're what gonna have to. a lot of noise you're gonna have tire noise road noise wind noise with the top down yeah it's not I gonna don't be, know. it's not gonna be quiet it's not like you're suddenly deaf and you, you can't go hear. you go from a, a gasoline indoor cart to an electric indoor cart and yeah they're different but you get used to them pretty quick like i don't think it's gonna be too crazy yeah, that's a good analogy yeah. and when i'm carting electric carts that's true. That's true. Yeah. You can still hear the screeching of the tires, so you know you're scrubbing speed off. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, the sound isn't isn't in silence. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, Remember uh, when we watched the? I think you were with me at Road Atlanta uh, during the uh, Petit Le Mans. They were racing diesel Jettas. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you could not hear the engine. No, they were so quiet. You heard nothing but tire noise. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm I'm excited to see what that experience is going to be like. Yeah. So yeah. am I. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, talk about, oh, speaking of sound, you know, the next news item has to do with <laughs> a trademark claim. Yeah, they were, Porsche was trying to do what Harley tried to do back in the mid-'90s, uh, like when Harley tried to uh, trademark their distinct sound. Mm. And uh, promptly six or seven other motorcycle manufacturers said, not so fast. Mm. And uh, ultimately, um, Harley uh, in 2000 dropped the, uh, the push to get their uh, trademark. Porsche was trying to get their trademark sound. Uh, also, uh, their, their distinctive sound also trademarked and uh, doesn't look like they're. Is going it to. like the whirring sound of the electric motors they were trying to get trademarked? Uh, I think just the Does flat uh, six uh, type of uh, sound. Well, uh, so this is just s- synthetic engine noise. Oh, it's synthetic requi- engine. It's required oh. in electric cars for ah, them to make okay. noise. So what Porsche did was try and trademark this noise, um, but it was too too general of a noise so the risk here is that what if somebody comes up with a noise it's close yeah in porsche you have to pay porsche like you know oh, money to use it i, see, I, I think see. it wasn't distinct enough ah. for for the trademark to go through nice try they said although yeah. i think some people took offense because they were trying to compare it to the opening of uh, beethoven's fifth oh wow well it's funny because you know the headlines for these it makes it sound like um the, the sound that Porsche tried to trademark didn't sound Porsche enough. Porsche enough. <laughs> but no, that's not the case. It's that it, it, no, it didn't sound Porsche enough, but it's too general. So oh, too they, general don't, they don't want the all these automakers to come out with a sound that sounds similar. Yeah. Then they can't use it because there's a trademark on it. Ah, I see. That's kind of what. All right. The next, like. uh, the next news item is actually one to celebrate uh, Battle on the Bricks. Oh, yeah. So I watched this race uh, on TV like most of us did. Very exciting. Porsche just, it was Porsche's weekend all the way uh, from practice to qualifying. Um, and it was an exciting race to watch. And this is what I commend IMSA uh, for doing. They've made a very fun competitive series, something the WEC needs to take note of um, because the WEC is always like a slaughter with Toyota. Uh, unless Toyota has mechanicals, they're going to win. Almost like Red Bull and Verstappen. Yeah. Which, uh, um, spoiler alert, there was. <laughs> yeah, finally we said we had a changing of the guard for one race. Yeah. Anyway, so Porsche did uh, phenomenally well. It was at Roger Penske's Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So uh, what a better place to do another one, too. And Dallas finale comes to Road Atlanta for Petit Le Mans. Uh, I think there's 
three or four manufacturers that any of them could win the manufacturer's title. So it is going to be really fun to watch. Uh, but the uh, two uh, 963s, number six and seven, uh, they went back and forth. And number six uh, uh, finally won Philippe Nasser, unfortunately. So they go out in cold tires. And then anyone who watches F1 knows they've got these tire warmers to keep their tires nice and toasty. Mm-hmm. And at the last second they pull them off, uh, not so much with uh, – with um, IMSA racing, there it's cold tires. So when they come out of those pits, those tires feel like you're driving on ice. Ooh. And you can tell because they are just struggling to keep up while at the same time getting heat in these tires. And it's going to take maybe two laps before they can get some decent heat in. And so um, Mr. Nasser uh, went off track and that let uh, Nick Tandy in front. And so they ended up winning. But the point, uh, the, the good news is that Porsche finished 1 2. And so we'll. Uh, Welcome to Victor's at Rensport. The, the whole team is going to be there at Rensport with the car. They loaded the car right away, and they're shipping it out to uh, Laguna Seca. So it's going to be fun to, uh, to talk to these folks. They're all coming to the um, PCA Porsche plot at some point during the weekend, too. And I'm sure we'll get to see the 963 run around Laguna for demonstration laps. Yes. Uh, okay. And um, the 919 will be there doing demo laps, but not the 919 Evo. Oh. The 19 Evo is going to be there, but yeah. evidently it's like a hundred grand to, oh, to this run thing it. run yeah. to run it. And uh, they were like, "Well, you know what? The regular hybrid is good enough. <laughs> Static display. We're not, we're not setting any more track <laughs> records. We can we can do the regular 919." Okay. Uh, speaking of hybrids, the new Panamera gets a new hybrid and a suspension upgrade. Yeah, it's gonna. I think debut in November. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be uh, exciting to watch to see. Uh, what they come out with it's a bigger battery bigger electric motor for the hybrids um and i gotta say like you know uh we had a early panamera hybrid here and then we had one more recently and it's been amazing how the drivetrain in those cars have just been so much better than before car and driver reported here that the sport turismo uptake fell below 10 percent, so wagon body style won't be a part of the coming lineup how can you buy the sedan over the wagon? The wagon looks so much better. You know, that's a, that's the problem. <laughs> so much more space. That's the problem with us enthusiasts is we say that, but... If I had the money... <laughs> well, see, that's a problem. See, that's the problem is the people that are buying the cars do not want the wagon. I'm sorry to say it. Oh I gosh. love wagons too, but guess what? The people that are buying the cars are yeah. buying sedans. Obviously, yeah. It's like colors. Everyone loves colors, but you talk yeah. to the dealers and they're like, yeah... When it comes time to signing on the dotted line, people are like, oh, I don't think I live, live with that bright green. Yeah, I'll yeah. get the silver. How can you not live with a wagon? Like, Again, anyway, you're, anyway. Talk, you're talking to enthusiasts here. <laughs> we totally get what you're it'll saying. Be, yeah. And to, but, I guess maybe to Damon's point, it'll, it would be interesting to see what the breakdown is with the Chinese market, who are big Panamera purchasers. Do they, prefer, not a wagon. do they prefer the no, um, sedan? Is the sedan more prestigious? Than Definitely. the wagon is, you know, the wagon um, has, has the same to us statement. the wagon's like super cool, you know. It's, well, uh, to us enthusiasts, yes, they're super cool. That's what I mean. To, but to, to the mainstream, it's not. But for people who are buying it for status and looks, you're not buying maybe a wagon. the sedan is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be an interesting thing to ask. Uh, that's how sometimes, not sometimes. That's a lot of times you can tell when someone's driving a touring version mm-hmm. or a wagon version of a whatever, be it mm-hmm. Taycan or Panamera or an. Three yeah. series or something like that. That person is usually an enthusiast. That's yeah. like, look at Elko with his Mercedes, right? Yeah, exactly. It just doesn't make any sense. And then you go to like you know the UK and everybody has a hatchback and a wagon, and it's normal. Like why yeah. can't not like, not here? Oh, well, why? Why anyway? You, if you look at the numbers for yeah. Civic hatchbacks versus Civic sedan, same thing. Yeah, hatchbacks just don't sell. I don't know why. We got one because we are enthusiastic about it, but <laughs> they only sell they only sell the SI in a hatch. Or no, SI no. Is sedan only. Exactly. See, okay. right? So there's another point yeah. there. They, so save the manuals and save the hatchbacks. Not only did I do that with my wife's uh, Civic hatchback, but my brother and sister in law. Congratulations to them. They also found one that uh, hatchback manual, non turbo, two liter in boost blue. Nice. Yeah, he got it last week, so congratulations Very to cool. them. All right, uh, let's see. What else? You want to wrap up with volunteer registration and parade laps, Manny, for Rensport? Well, volunteer registration is maxed out, so that's already closed. we got 600 volunteers. Porsche uh, raised our eyebrows when we told them we needed 600 shirts, and um, PCA members did not disappoint. 
We got. Uh, we'll be out there in force. I think if we wanted to ask for eight or nine hundred, we would have gotten that much. We had uh, Sharon Nidell, who was running the um, the volunteer corps for us. She um, had to shut it down because uh, we reached our our limit. And um, thank you for everyone who's, who's volunteering, even if it's just one shift. Uh, it's um, everyone helping out makes the event possible. And I, as I as I told my friends, who I told the volunteer. If you got to park cars, think of it as cars and coffee. You're just going to be hanging out in the parking lot anyhow, so you may as well make new friends. It's other Porsche people, so it's not like you're stuck by yourself in a lot. It's uh, going to be a bunch of Porsche people hanging out. The only difference is when a car comes, point out the parking spot and yep. tell them that's where they can park. That's it. All right. Well, if that's it, safe travels to everyone that's heading to Rensport. For those of you that are not, again, we'll be capturing as much as we can. Um, if we don't see you at Rensport, we'll hope to see you at Unstock. That'll be November 12th uh, in Vista, California, at HRE's uh, headquarters. And uh, thanks for listening. If you aren't currently a PCA member and you own a Porsche, grab that VIN, head over to PCA.org, and we'll set you up with membership. If you're looking to buy a Porsche, we have the test drive program. We'll give you access to all sorts of resources and make sure you get the right one. Remember to follow us on our podcast Instagram page, scenes, photos, Porsche Club Insider, all one word. Thank you all for listening, watching. We would love it if you give us a like, comment, and subscribe. We read each and every one. And if you want to send us an email, you can send it at podcast at PCA.org. Until next time, stay safe, and we'll catch you down the road.